We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this left on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history? Still in the making. The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome to Ramsock Radio. This is Derek C. Paul, my co-host, my partners in crime, Steve Goldstein, and former Los Angeles Rams defensive back Michael Stewart. It is about darn time we're back with another episode. I know we're slow these days, but we hopefully can make some magic happen for you. First things first, Steve, how you doing, man? I'm doing well, Derek. How are you guys doing? I, I got I got my first haircut in five months, so I'm feeling pretty pretty good about that. My, yeah, you just got the haircut. I just, I'm telling you, I just shaved it all off, man. I just wish she did all yeah. off. Well, yeah, that would not be a good look for me. So I got it done professionally, and, and, I'm, and I'm pretty happy about it. So uh, I probably weigh three pounds less, and uh, I'm ready to roll. <laughs> so see, what, what was it like at, actually in the barbershop? What was the <laughs> setup like? Yeah, so it was, it was actually interesting. So it's, it's a, a national chain. Uh, okay. It's a uh, Floyd's. So anyways, it's really literally up the street from where I live. And so you had to make, make an appointment. You couldn't just walk in. So you had to have an appointment. And they only had, instead of the normal, you know, 10, 10 chairs in which to wait, uh, they had three. And, and otherwise, you had to wait outside. And then you had to wear a mask. And once you sat down in the chair, um, the person cutting your hair obviously wore a mask. And you had to wear your mask. And then... As it got to the part of my hair that that's around my ears where the straps are, they they, they made straps off the mask and kind of just hold the mask against your face as they kind of cleaned up the ear area, and uh, that was it. And it went it went pretty smooth. And 
again, they only allow a certain number of people in there, so it it felt it felt safe. It felt fine, and uh, I was I was pretty comfortable with it. I also played golf for the first time as well on Saturday, so that Sweet. was uh, well. You're not allowed to pull the flag stick. You have to keep the flag sticks in, but they put a little little donut hole in there so your ball doesn't go all the way and you can just pick it out but uh yeah so uh getting out and about nice getting some golfing yeah <laughs> i mean golfing. i mean maybe we can get some baseball in at some point then yeah maybe right they can get their acts together but oh i forgot you can't really touch the ball so when they hit it you just got to put your arms up and they stop you at the- <laughs> yeah yeah if you, well if you think about it every single game every single team sport involves a, a ball of some type right? right pretty much so so it's like you know you're gonna have community community touching of the same ball so it's gonna be uh be a little difficult i mean as far as that part is concerned but you know we'll we'll, we'll see what it, see how it's it's worked out We'll see. We'll see. More, so hopefully things get unleashed more out there in California and can actually have more of a real life again for you guys. Yeah, yeah. I hear well, there, whatever you want. There's, yeah, no, there actually restaurants are starting to open up. Dine-in uh, restaurants are, are, are open as well. So, you know, things are starting to... I don't know about uh, where you are, Michael, but, you know, down here there's there's been several uh, places that are, that are open. And the sports bar up the street actually opened up a few days back too so yeah they, they are actually a couple of my coaches and a couple parents are going to get together for some wings uh i said well i got a podcast if if we get done i may swing over there but i have so many things because it seems like things are getting a little bit closer and i know we probably getting all off subject Derek. but uh so you know i'm just kind of gearing up finishing up some school stuff and then you know, really trying to start focusing in on on you know football preparation and things like that. So, yeah, it's getting excited, a little bit more busy, but you know we're still not really out of the dark on if everything is a go or not. So, it's good to be able to get together and, and talk about what we're going to talk about, Big D. So, what you got for us? Oh, you know, things that cause hate and discontent throughout the world. As if we didn't already have enough of that already, but uh oh, here we go. Let's go. <laughs> Today, the, the question is Aaron Donald. And the reason why I bring this up with all of you is because of the recent comments made by Skip Bayless, you know, the legendary, and I mean that facetiously, Skip Bayless. But before we get there, we want to let you know we are sponsored by Jim Hawkins, McCall's team. Also, remind you that we are available anywhere podcasts can be found, including Spotify, SoundCloud, and Spreaker. And don't forget to subscribe. Leave that five-star review on Apple Music. It helps us out. And don't forget about Buddy Gens or other show. They've been carrying a load of weight, by the way. They've been carrying a load of weight. Make sure you send some emails if you have feedback for them. Uh, they would appreciate it. We've gotten some, gotten some interesting ones. And as we get to that 200 five-star reviews, we will finally give out that jersey. We're so sticking close now, guys. Go in there. Make sure you to get that, be entered for that contest. Just go leave the review. Take a screenshot on it for, of it, Apple Music. Send us an email at rants1945gmail.com with a copy of that screenshot. And that way we know who to enter the contest and eventually, hopefully, reward. So, oh, one more thing. We'll read your feedback on the show. Won't be today, but we will definitely do so. Also, later in the show, we're going to have Matt Barr back for the tour in the league, covering the, those hated 49ers. I know Mike, Michael Stewart's favorite team outside of the Rams. Sarcasm. Sarcasm noted, and uh, that's later on the show. So the main topic today, and, and what will be an easy one for these guys, if we talk about Aaron Donald, it's an easy show, is where do you rank Aaron Donald right now? How valuable is he to the team and to the league? Like, where is he? And this is where it's coming from. First, according to Pro Football Focus, Jared Goff is the Rams' most valuable player since 2010. Jared Goff, we, we've been on Jared Goff a lot in the last year. We've been on him to up his game, so to speak. And here we have 
him ranked number one. Now, because of the stat, wins above replacement. That's what pro football folks is focusing on. And there's a little bit of advantage there for him because the Rams quarterback play was pretty awful beforehand. So replacing him in the lineup in 2017, 2018, that's going to give him some bigger numbers. But that's a number. To me, war doesn't translate to football like it translates to baseball. Baseball is much more based on individual performances. Where do you rank the most valuable players in this team? I'm going to start with Steve, because I, I think Mike's going to have a lot to say in this one. So, Steve, I'm going to start with you. Well, well, first you have to start with the position, right? So it's, it's, not, it's not just Jared Goff. It's not just Aaron Dawson. It's it's the position, and and I don't think there's too much of a debate that quarterback is the most important position in football, probably in sports for that matter. Um, you know, maybe besides a uh, goaltender in hockey, but if you're talking about team sports, a quarterback is probably the most important position in terms of success of your team. So, given the fact, like you just said, Derek, uh, Jared, you know, Jared Goff, you know, what quarterbacks have we had? in the past 10 years, back to 2010, um, really have done what he's done in, in this period of time. And you could pretty much say nobody. I mean, the, probably the, the runner-up in, in terms of the second-best quarterback since 2010 is Sam Bradford. And I don't, you know, I don't know that there's any, anything even close to, to, to that. So if you're talking about about wins above replacement, yes, the quarterback's always going to have have the advantage. Um, so yeah, I, mean, I think golf is, is 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 probably the right right pick because based on the, his play and based on his position. Now, as far as Aaron Donald goes, to me, he's the best. He's the best defensive player in football, hands down. And of course, we're Rams fans, so we're a little bit biased. Mm-hmm. But if you look at his numbers. And not just the not just the statistics since his rookie season, which by the way he leads everybody in tackles for loss in that period of time, and has led the league in pretty I think every single year in tackles for loss. So if you if you but if you look beyond the statistics and how good he makes his defense and what he does for the other players on the defensive line and in the defense in general. Uh, I, I don't think there's too much doubt that he, he is the best player in football. And so, I mean, the, maybe the best player in football, but definitely the best defensive player in football. So, uh, you know, I think as far as, as value to this team, you can ask the question, who would you, you want to, we wouldn't want to lose either one of them, of course, but who would be less... Um, damaging if to, to the team if you lost one of the two and of course you you have to go with the quarterback because the quarterback is the most important position and that's not saying Jared Goff is a better football player than Aaron Donald I don't think anybody would say that mm-hmm. but it's the position right so um that that's kind of where I stand on stand on it and as far as um skip baseless I call him skip baseless because that's pretty much what I think of him as well. Um, his comments, you know, I know every, you know everybody's entitled to to, to their opinion, and and you know controversial comments is what makes the for rating. So you know pe- people say say a lot of things, but uh, I don't think from my standpoint anyway that Aaron Donald is the best defensive player in football and the most valuable player in terms of a defense in football. Um, so, and sometimes those two things aren't the same, you know, sometimes the best player and the most valuable aren't, aren't the same, but I think he has so much impact on that in the, at, at the line of scrimmage, um, and, and, and be behind the line that, uh, he, he has, he, he is the most dominant and most valuable player, uh, at least on the defensive side of the ball. Mike, what about you? How do you view Aaron Dahl in this situation? My take is, uh, man, appreciate your input, uh, Steve, but I got a handsomely degree. Uh, <laughs> disagree, I'm sorry, with, okay. with, with that. Uh, Aaron Donald, by far, is the MVP of the Rams and everything that goes along with that. I know the, the narrative for so many years now is like the quarterback is 
obvious, the most valuable, and this and that. And, you know, again, we can go back and forth and say, you know, I played with Dan Moreno, you know, obviously in my mind, one of the top quarterbacks. Uh, but yet him by himself couldn't get us past the second round of the playoffs the three years I was there. So uh, you look at Jared Goff, even last year, if he's the best guy, he's supposed to get us past, you know, what we got to with, quote unquote, pretty good talent. And so the blame, even now, as I read a lot of things this offseason, still is kind of being put on Wade Phillips. And I'm kind of going, okay, Wade Phillips and throw picks and drop balls on the ground and, and different stuff, overthrow, underthrow receivers and things like that. That was the quarterback. So uh, is he is he a decent quarterback? Yes. But unfortunately, we've seen many Super Bowls going with Joe Flacco. I mean, just kind of average guys at the quarterback position. No, no flair, no extra anything. And they've been on Super Bowl winning teams. So for me, it's like, yeah, quarterbacks are, are necessary and they need to be very important. Uh but at the same time, you can no way discount the presence of Aaron Donald. Just give you, you know, and I've said this before, you know, being able to play when I did, you see a guy like Lawrence Taylor literally change the whole phase of a game. You see a guy like Reggie White do the same. You see a guy like Ronnie Lott do the same. I saw a guy like Joey Browner do the same. So I watch individual players, especially defenders, Chained the game. We had Jim Everett, pretty good quarterback for us. We lost Eric Dickerson. It's without a doubt. If Eric Dickerson was on our team, who was obviously probably one of the best players in the league at that time, Super Bowl rings I would have. So, yeah, as much as a quarterback is valuable to the team, you also got to have some studs in some other positions. So, in my opinion, the Rams over this time. Without an Aaron Donald, they're not making the Super Bowl. And they're not getting as deep as they were even last year. And this guy by himself is like those guys are transitional type players that when they have to play against the Rams, they have to account for Aaron Donald. And usually it's not one, it's not two, it's not three, it's probably four or five guys each play having to account for where he is, starting with the quarterback. The guard to tackle, the fullbacks, tight ends, people chipping, people coming back in motion to help block. So when you have to account for a guy with three, two, three, four, or five guys, that guy's pretty effective. You don't have to do that with quarterbacks. That's my take. I tend to I would probably disagree with you under normal circumstances. Uh, but he's been too good. And when he misses time, and that's very rare, that defense is not remotely as effective. It's just, he changes everything. Let's not forget that when he's lined up, it's pretty much a guarantee that on every single play, he is going to be double teamed, and he's likely going to be held. The man is, the man is not called enough in terms of holding. He... Opposing offensive linemen get away with it all the freaking time. I know it's part of the game, but they cannot stop him in most cases without double teaming, triple teaming, or holding the guy. And sometimes, and sometimes they can't stop him without holding him. So when we pin back at the Skip Bayless, and Skip Bayless is saying basically he's not that valuable. I just wonder if he's been smoking a little something, something. <laughs> they don't, you know, this is coming after he said the Bucks would, would laugh at a hypothetical trade of Donald and, and Goff. I think the Bucks, if offered Donald and Goff for Tom Brady, in the blink of an eye, would take them. In the blink of an eye. Babeless says, Donald's not that viable. They don't need Aaron Donald, quote, because he's not that viable. He does not play quarterback. So apparently, the, rec- the prerequisite is quarterback, and that's it. Well, but it also depends who you have at quarterback. And, you know, again, it, 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 it goes, look, 
Michael and I are not that far from disagreeing on this one, trust me, because I believe, like you guys believe, that Aaron Donald is a transformational football player and a guy who wreaks havoc on another team's offense. And like Michael points out, they have to account for him on every single play. Mm -hmm. And so in order to do that, you have to be able to uh, either double or triple team. They, they double or triple team him on just about every single play. And so, of course, that what does that do? It frees up other guys, right? Frees up other guys to, to wreak their havoc on a defense. So, And even, even when he gets double teamed, he's still effective and he still gets in the backfield. So, you know, I, but, but there's a reason why there's only been, I believe, one Super Bowl MVP on the defensive side of the ball. Maybe two. I I, I want to say two. There there have been um, Chuck Howley. I think they both came from Dallas. I think Larry Brown was one of them because he had that interception against Pittsburgh, right? And and Chuck Howley long ago back in in the seventies. I think. And and there's a reason why because MVPs usually come from the quarterback position. You know, or a running back position, but usually it's the quarterback position and they, it goes back to the skill players. So nobody would argue, except for maybe Skip Bayless, that Aaron Donald is not the most dominant football player. Let's take the defensive side part of it, not even use a qualifier, but the most dominant football player this league has seen in a long, long, long time. And it's not hyperbole to say probably since Lawrence Taylor on the defensive side of the ball. And I don't know if Michael would agree with that, you know, off the top of my head, but I don't know that we've seen a guy since Lawrence Taylor who's dominated the defensive side of the ball for as long as he has, as Aaron Donald has. And um, so I don't, so I'm not, I, I don't think we're, we're, we're that far apart. It's just, you know, the quarterback position is just, and, and I know Joe Flacco's gone to the Super Bowl, and, and I know we've had Jeff, Jeff Hostetler and Trent Dilford. And, and yes, those teams all had incredible defenses, you know, generational defenses. Uh, you know, look, Jim McMahon wasn't a, a, a great quarterback, in my opinion, but, you know, the, 80, the 85 Bears defense was probably the best defense that ever, that ever was. So, you know, it's just the quarterback position is, is the position that you need to have um that franchise guy um for the most part there's always, like i said there's always outliers what i just pointed out but for the most part you need to have that guy who can lead you and take you on an 80 yard march with two minutes left to play in a super dome that's going crazy that you know they're blowing whistles and and takes you down the field and helps you score the winning touchdown or set up the winning field goal so you know you need to have that guy and that that's kind of my take on it when it comes to Aaron Donald, for all of you, where do you think his future lies? And the reason I ask that is because there has been some thought to the idea that he won't finish his contract. That was one of the fears that I expressed when, they, when he signed that deal was, listen, he's going to be 34 years old. His body, he, the guy's in tremendous shape. He, he's an athletic freak, but his skill is using that, what would be considered a little bit of a shorter frame, to get up under people and re wreaking havoc. But part of that comes speed. So, Mike, how long do you think he can remain dominant? And how long, if that's the case, do you think the Rams will keep him around? Will he live out his whole contract? Will they decide that we're going to say some cap money at this point? Because we're seeing the team make some cap decisions in the here and now. We never thought they would make, but here they are. Well, the, the things that give him great advantage now are the things that are going to give him great advantage in the future. You know, I mean, unless he sustains some type of injury or situation that slows him down, you, how much is he going to really slow down? You know, right now, you got to look at because there's so much more uh, attention placed on nutrition. Uh, off-season conditioning, hyperbaric chambers, you know, all these other additives that can, one, increase your years, can keep your body more physically fit and repaired when it gets banged up, that 
probably increases guys again unless you sustain some type of major injury that that literally can put two or three more years uh on any player in the game just by maintaining uh your body in the right way so he's a guy who seems to do that not seems he absolutely does it hmm. uh again he's a guy who comes ready and i just look at it when you miss camp there's only so much conditioning you can do. So for him to miss a whole camp, come back that year, be the MVP, that speaks for itself. That's a legendary type of individual. Because mm-hmm. most people that would do that, they play a position, and hey, they're going to come back, and then, you know, they're going to be okay. You know, uh, the guy that plays for uh, Chicago now left Oakland. He Khalil Mack, yeah. Khalil Mack, excuse me, yes. He was able to do, you know, something similar. Still be a dominant president, not really being in camp and all that stuff. So my my mindset is, again, unless he just slows down tremendously, why is he going to lose so much off of what he does in the next coming years? However, I do agree that because he's going to maintain such a high level of of play the rams may not want to or maybe can't afford him because he's going to be the top guy for a number of years so this contract well what is he going to make next contract because it's not like again in my opinion there's going to be a drop off that you go okay aaron we're going to keep you but we're going to bring you back at a reduced rate no he'll still be at the top of that food chain and if the rams aren't going to up the ante They'll try to probably trade him when you know it gets down to that time. But at age thirty-four, you believe he'll still be the top of his game at age thirty-four, barring a major injury. At thirty-four, yeah, a guy like that who keeps in shape, he's gonna probably play these thirty-seven, thirty-eight. Yeah, his his body and his work ethic, I mean, is just yeah. it's just unbelievable. I mean, if you, you think about the great players. Um, in sports, to, and Kobe Bryant comes to mind in terms of, and, and uh, Tom Brady too, the way he keeps his body in shape, and 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 the way these guys work out, and the way these guys um, take care of their bodies, not not just lifting weights, but you know nutrition, like Michael said, and and things that to keep their body in tip top shape. I, I agree. I think this guy can go to even playing in the trenches at at thirty six, thirty seven, which is, which would be incredible, but but to but and and also to play it at 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 a high level um would be would, would be great but i i i think somehow some way the rams will try to keep him around i i don't see any any uh you know scenario where they're going to trade you know they would entertain a trade and um you know and, and again i guess it would depend how he is playing at 34 once his contract runs out um but you know i Hopefully, we have a couple Super Bowls to show for it before then. I would say, barring a leg injury, he'll be there when he's thirty-four. Barring leg, barring anything that could slow down his movement at the line, he has an injury, and that's what we're. That's I mean, don't we every year? In every game, in every year, when we see a defensive lineman down, isn't our first thought? Please don't let that be Aaron Donald. And if it is, please don't let it be a leg or, or back injury. Oh, for sure. Of course, yeah. I mean, so I think that's the Rams are, are showing, in my view, that, you know, and I hate to say it because this is how the Patriots won. The Rams are showing that, yeah, they'll spend some money on you, but if you don't play to the value they need, they will move you. They, they need, and that's what they did in, 20, in this last offseason. I don't think any of us saw them doing what they did, and and they went into the offseason with everybody and their brother criticizing their, their salary cap position, and they pretty much fixed their salary cap problems all in one offseason to set up for 2021. That's yeah, freaking amazing. Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald is a different beast. Aaron Donald is is Aaron Donald is is not Brandon yeah, Cooks. Aaron Donald is not Todd Gurley. Todd, Todd, and Todd Gurley's was was a physical situation. I, it wasn't because of a, a lack of uh, um, 
I mean, yeah, his play came went down because of the of the knee, but it, it you know it was it had to do with the injury situation, and and to some extent Brandon Cooks as well because of the concussions, which always becomes a risk factor, right? And Aaron Donald has not missed a play; he has not missed one play due to injury, um, or or at least a game, I should say. Maybe he's missed you know a series here and there, but from what I know. Um, I don't. He's never missed a game because uh, uh, for an injury. So, you know, I, I don't think it's it quite the same same thing. But when it comes to moving somebody, yeah, because what I mean, if he has that that injury and he doesn't show who he is, like who he used to be, do they still keep him around? Because well, Todd Gurley was elite at one point, right? right. He was elite. You could, you could say you could say that about any any player. You, absolutely, I'm not. I am not saying that he's a, any special situation. I'm saying, given what we're seeing from the Rams, the Rams right now, we can tell they are willing. If they feel like they need to move on, they're willing to do it, and they're willing to take the cap hit to do it. That's the new way of thinking over there. They're, they will take the cap hit in the now to clear in the future if they feel like that player is not. Who they need. And who's to say that regardless of who Aaron Donald is now, that in five years with an injury, with a possible slowdown, that they won't say, hey, you know what? If we can move him or we can cut him and save some cash, maybe that's the right thing to do. Do I think that'll happen if he stays healthy? No. But if a freak show happens where he, you know, knock on wood, tears an ACL, doesn't come back as fast as he was. Yeah, you better knock on some wood, Derek. I'm knocking. I'm knocking really, we're all knocking. knocking. Really, really, really hard. And I'm not trying to. I'm not <laughs> even trying. I'm just saying that Jeez. that's the nature of football, though. Things happen, and that's what my. That's where I'm kind of pondering. Is and it might not even be an Aaron Donald thing. Now we're seeing a new philosophy from the Rams. They will cut you at the moment they realize that you're just not there anymore. And some might say it's heartless, but it could also say, well, they're trying to win. Yeah. Well, I, I think everything being, being equal and, and, and if, if Aaron Donald is still playing at a high level, even if he's not playing at the same level that he is now, because at the, at the level he is now, it's, it's out of the universe. Yeah. Even if he's playing even a notch below what he's playing like now, he's still the best player. He's still the best defensive player in football. And um, so even, even if his, his production or, or, or what have you, you know, even drops just a notch, you know, you still have to, you still have to keep him. I mean, he is, he is going to be on the Mount Rushmore of, of Ram players when all is said and done, he's going to be, he could, he could retire tomorrow and be a first ballot hall of famer, which is pretty, yes, which is pretty incredible for the fact that he's only been in the league. Uh, what six years? Um, so I mean, so he's he's a different he's a different guy, and the way they handle him is you know, like I said, everything being equal, um, is is going to be a lot. It's it's going to be keep him at all costs. What do you Eric, think? You Mike? kind of bring up uh, you know a good good point in the sense of you know a lot of decisions down the road typically always come down to the economics of things. So. Even if he's the most dominant player, that's how Green Bay ended up getting Reggie White is because they're like, yeah, we're probably not paying that. So economics will probably drive a lot of it. Uh, And then again, that's why as much as they say Aaron Donald may not be this or a defensive player, oh, you know, you need a quarterback. That's why I lean always towards it doesn't matter what position you play in the NFL. If they think your skills are deteriorating and most teams now because of the way the cap and all that is, they're going to not usually keep you another year or two mm-hmm. when they could move on and get something for you. Yeah. Even was, if you steal. Right. Go I mean, ahead. that that's that's exactly. I mean, that's the Patriot way, right? Look what they did with Richard Seymour. Right. Remember when Richard Seymour was playing at a pretty high level and they traded him away for first round pick and they probably traded him away a year too too early. But, you know, their philosophy is I'd rather trade him away a year too early than a year too late. And you can't argue with that. You can't argue with that philosophy. Right. I don't think. 
It's been well, pretty you, successful you for them. Depending on, you know, you know, what you're trying to do. If you, if and where you, you can't are, argue team. with it, if you're just looking at finances, you won't argue with it. But if you're looking at team chemistry, mm-hmm. uh, building up a uh, good reputation for, hey, pl- that organization is great to play for. They take care of you. What right. you put in is what you'll get out. Yeah. Then you don't see some of those kinds of moves. You know, right. I think that. Even when you look at Tom Brady right now, even though he can, yeah, can he still play in the league? Yeah, but can he play at the league to really do the other side? Uh, probably not. So we'll see with Tampa Bay, but I think right. New England let him probably get another three, four years that typically they don't let guys get because of all the work he put in early but then it got to a point you know this this last time like yay hey, tom we we understand your goals but we're gonna have to kind of let this gravy train you know go ahead and and yeah. dry up right well and and also you know there comes a point in free agency where guys just don't want to come back so the the yes. story the story yes. with brady was he didn't really want to go back to new england he him and, and his offensive coordinator, uh, Josh McDaniels, I guess were not getting along that great. And I guess, you know, the time had come where they needed, he needed a change. He needed a change of scenery. And, you know, the time may come where Aaron Donald says, hey, I'm going to play out my contract and I want to go back home to Pittsburgh because that's yes. where I'm from. That's where my family lives. Mm-hmm. And I want to play my, my final years in Pittsburgh. And so Absolutely. this might not be a, a Rams decision. It might yeah. be a Aaron Donald decision. And so. you make a good point because once free agency got fully going many years ago, uh, thank you very much. I went on strike for you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. No, <laughs> <I know>. but, <laughs> but no, you're absolutely right because once true free agency came, you know, there was a thought, you know, man, everybody should at least play for two organizations if possible so that you can either hate the one you left or really appreciate the one you left because you get a chance to absolutely see if the grass is green on the other side, you know, or you're maybe able to make a little more money, which was somewhat my case uh, because the Rams would love me to take a, you know, a different kind of deal. And they're like, yeah, we're not really going to pay you that. So yeah, we're going to let you go ahead and hit this free agency market. So it gives you an absolutely an opportunity to see what else is out there. And like you say, sometimes you just want to be appreciated, not tolerated. And you get a chance to maybe pick and choose where you want to go. So that's a great point. I, I like that. That that may be already in his mind. When I get down to the twilight, I'm going to just move back close to home yeah. And finish it out there. So So maybe so maybe in uh twenty 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 six, uh Aaron Donald might be a Pittsburgh Steeler. So three Steeler fans out there, it's something to look forward to. Well you think about it, what do they do <laughs> with right? What do they do with guys that are high caliber, high level, you know, like an Aaron Donald? Let's just say, you know, as we're saying that, yeah, you get there and and your skills are diminishing. Then you become a pass rush specialist. So now you're not in every snap. You're coming in on third down and you're wound up uh, in uh, what's a defender play for Indianapolis. uh, Dwight Dwight Freeney. Dwight Freeney. Yes. Uh, He made a living his last number of years because that dude was still unstoppable, but he wasn't going 40, 50, 60 snaps a game, you know, it was more like 20, 25. And, you know, but if you need a guy to come in on third down and stop a play or get a sack, he may be able to fill those roles and still be handsomely paid to do that. And, mm-hmm. yeah, as we discussed, maybe the Rams wouldn't be willing to do that. But, yeah. Guess we'll find out. So, moving on, guys, to run the league, Matt Barr from the 4th and Goal podcast. Check him out as we look at what the 49ers did in the offseason. All right, folks, here with Matt Barr for the 4th and Gold podcast at Blue Wire Pods. I am ready to talk some 49er football. It kind of makes me a little sad to say that, but we are here to talk about. Matt, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. How are you doing? Thanks for having me back. Appreciate it. Uh, we're glad to have you, man. Loved you. The last conversation we had about the 49ers, and I'm looking forward to getting your thoughts on the offseason and where this team's going and 
And I'll jump right into it. What did you think of the 49er offseason this year? I, I thought it, I thought it went pretty well, all things considered. Uh, when, when you look at, they came into the offseason with not a lot of draft picks. Um, they were part up against the cap, and they had three major losses. You know, they, they lost Emmanuel Sanders, the wide receiver, through free agency. They lost DeForest Buckner to a trade because they couldn't afford to hold on to him and Eric Armstead, and then they lost Joe Staley to retirement. And then comes the draft, and they filled all three of those holes right away. So they got Javon Kinlaw in the first round, Brandon Ayuk in the first round, and then they traded for Trent Williams from the Washington Redskins. And I think when you can plug a left tackle, like an all-pro left tackle in Joe Staley, and just kind of sub him in for another guy that's made an all-pro left tackle in Trent Williams, it's a really huge victory. Um, Trent Williams has played for Kyle Shanahan before. They have a familiarity there. I think it's going to light the fire under Trent again to get back and ready to play football and not be a part of the Washington Redskins organization. Overall, I think they did a pretty good job. I mean, it's never perfect, right? Um, but again, two Bulls aren't one in April and May. So, you know, as it stands right now, I'm pretty happy with it. Where is this team overall considering the Super Bowl loss? I mean, it was a great game. It was well played overall. I, I, I know firsthand, though, that the Super Bowl hangover can be a problem. Where's the team at Melbourne? Yeah. Uh, mentally, it seems like it's pretty good. It seems like it's pretty good. Um, like I said, I took some key losses from, from that Super Bowl team, and you're replacing it with younger guys, and you have to hope they come in and buy into what the rest of the team has going for them already. The Super Bowl hangover is very real. The Rams experienced it last year. Um, you know, Pretty much every team has lost the Super Bowl, except for the Patriots somehow have experienced the Super Bowl hangover in, in one form or another. And I think they're going to be in for a little bit of a rougher season than they were last year. Last year uh, reminded me a lot of the first Harbaugh year, where they got to kind of sneak up on people and no one expected them to do really well. And they played kind of like not a first-place schedule. Well, come this season, they have a big target on their back. They do play the first-place schedule. They're not sneaking up on anybody. So they need these young guys that they got to replace their veterans. They need to come in and perform right away i don't know if they're going to be able to do it right away i think they're going to take some lumps early in the year while some of these second year guys kind of get up to speed and get get used to 40 hours football where do you think this team is right now in the scope of the nfc i still, I still think they're up towards the top i still think they're a top competitor um the nfc is a very interesting group because it's full of really good quarterbacks, but some teams that haven't done well to surround those quarterbacks with the premier talent they need. Uh, you look in Green Bay specifically, we saw them really just not get any wide receivers for Aaron Rodgers. Um, Seattle Seahawks have refused to draft an offensive lineman for Russell Wilson. Uh, and then you go down to the NFC South and you look at two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, but they're aging. You're not sure what you're going to get out of them. Um, Go back up north, you're looking Kirk Cousins, Minnesota. Does Kirk ever get over the hump? And then the NFC East is just a dumpster fire? I don't know if that's the right word. They've gotten better. They had, they had some good offseason moves across the board there. Um, but, but is Carson Wentz going to stay healthy? You know, Is Dak Prescott going to be so miffed by the signing of Andy Dalton that he doesn't come in and play at all? He wants to just sit out until he gets his contract. Uh, the Redskins are still a couple years away from competing in the Giants. What is Daniel Jones and can Saquon Barkley stay healthy to keep their offense moving? It's very interesting group across the NFC. I even think the Rams are, are set up to have a bounce back year. You know, they have it down here, but you know, you have McVay down there. When you have McVay, you, McVay, you can never count them out. Um, especially towards the second half of the year last year, they played really, really well. Uh, it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting. I still think they're towards the top, but again, they're going to take their lumps early, and they're going to have to fight all the way through the season if they want to repeat as NFC champs. When you're looking at the NFC West itself, it, in my view, right now is the toughest division in football. If not, it's number two. Okay, I mean, it's, it's up there. Looking at the Rams, the Seahawks, the Cardinals, as a four-and-hour guy, what are you seeing as the competition right there between those four teams, where things are going, and who's going to be better long-term? Who's going to be your biggest competition long-term? Oh man, say, the NFC West is terrifying. It is terrifying. There's no two ways about it. Seattle is always tough. As long as they have Russell Wilson, they have a chance. Uh, the 49ers have proven that they can they can play at a high level. 
and they're, they're a young, aggressive team. The, the Rams just went to the Super Bowl just two years ago. They're still a good team. And then you get down to Arizona, and Arizona is building a monster on offense. Uh, I'm not sure how you feel about it. I do not like seeing DeAndre Hopkins in the NFC West. I do not want to play him twice a year. I do not want to pair him up with Kyler Murray. The team I think that is set up for the best long-term success might be the Arizona, just because I do have the young quarterback and they have the young core and the head coach quarterback combo that have been together from year one moving forward. That's if Kyler Murray progresses as the number one overall pick. If he doesn't, if he hits, if he hits a wall, if Cliffs Kingsbury has a sophomore slump, I think the 49ers are built best for long-term success just because they are the second youngest team in the NFC West. Russell Wilson, as great as he is, is not getting any younger. He's not going to be able to make fantastic plays like he does for the next five, six years. Uh, the Rams are also a good team to look at when you're talking about long-term success because they're not going to have to hit the reset button, but they're going to have to reload. And they're going to have to find a way to surround Jared Goff with talent. If not, you know what becomes the answer other than Jared Goff? But I'd like the Rams, if they can figure it out and they can somehow finagle the fact they don't have these top picks, they can be a long-term success story. But, you know, long answer short, it's just I think it's Arizona or San Francisco are built best for the long term. It's interesting looking at the draft. I thought the Warriors did a great job in the draft. You, you trade away Buckner. I'm thinking, uh, what are you doing? You, you have one of the best defensive fronts in the league. This is where you're going. They fixed that problem real quick. They make the best of what they had. And then I'm looking at the Seahawks, and everybody just turns to the Seahawks and goes, what, the, what are you doing? What are, what are you? <laughs> and they have to make it work a lot of the time. Like, <laughs> Cardinals are building something special. The Rams had a very, in my view, underrated draft. And that, to me, mm-hmm. makes this makes this division really difficult to, to map out. And then you said something key. The four answers the first place schedule. Arizona's yes. got a fourth place schedule. Mm-hmm. And they're rising. This is this is gonna be good. Yeah, I definitely think so. When you look that's why the NFL has so many worst to first teams, right? Uh, these teams that come from fourth place in their division, all of a sudden they're winning the next year. Those two extra games are huge, especially when we're talking about a 16-game schedule. Two easy wins, quote-unquote, because there's no easy wins in the, in the NFL, but two easy wins versus a team that had to play two first-place teams in their, in their extra games can be the absolute turning point between a first-place team and a last-place team. Arizona, if they can get it all together, if they get their defense together, dangerous. Very dangerous. Um, I, I thought Arizona had a great draft. I, I agree with you. I think the Rams had an underrated draft. I don't think they're getting quite the credit they are due, and I think it's because they don't get the pick all the way at the top. So their first player picked is, is not in the first round. Everything looks a little fuzzy after that. Um, I loved what San Francisco did. With only limited number of picks, they went after positions of need. So they went after DeForest Buckner's replacement. They went after Emmanuel Sanders' replacement. They get drafted offensive line help, which you can always use in the NFL. Um, then they drafted a tight end that might end up being Kyle Juszczyk's replacement um, in Warrior from, from Georgia. And then they went wide receiver again in round seven. With limited number of picks, they pick guys that have the best chance to make the roster. They didn't go and draft a running back, where I think they were pretty stacked to begin with. They didn't go and draft... You know, quarterback when they've already got Jimmy Garoppolo, Nick Mullins, CJ Bathard, who all made the team last year. They didn't overstep their boundaries and they picked positions of need without reaching. I thought that was the very biggest key to what they did. Um, we talked about trading away Buckner. It hurts. <laughs> it hurts. Buckner put in a lot of good work for a lot of bad 49ers teams. When they were really, really bad under Chip Kelly, he was playing like 900 snaps as a rookie. That's absurd. It's tough to see him go, but the money wasn't there. They weren't going to be able to come to an agreement. So if you're going to move on from him, you better have a plan B. And plan B was Javon Kinlaw. And that's actually my favorite pick they made. Me and Javi over on the 4th and Goal podcast have been talking about him forever. Because he just felt like a Robert Sala, a John Lynch, a Kyle Shanahan kind of player. So... Right now, with your team, with the 49ers getting ready to go into the season and Schedule drops Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Do you want to be that first team to play at SoFi? Kind of do. 
Kind of do. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I think I think the 49ers are going to get a home opener week one as the NFC champs. Um, but if the Rams are playing on the road week one, I would like that. I would like to play first in the new stadium, get a chance to break it in. Um, I'd be very interested to see, you know, are they going to have fans there for the first week? Uh, I'm not sure about you. I'm a lifelong Kia Tigers fan of the KBO, the Korean Baseball League that I've been watching on ESPN Plus, just because I need some sort of sports fix. And uh, they're doing it without crowds right now. So I think it'd be very interesting if you're going to be the first team down there and there's no crowds. I think that would be just a wild feeling to have a brand new stadium and just no one in it. But uh, regardless of fans are there or not, I would like to be the 49ers to be the first one and go challenge the Rams in their home environment. Well, what do you make of all? I mean, last, last I heard, you know, last I read, Governor Newsom saying, don't expect any football, any sports until 2021 here. So what do you make of that statement up there in, in San Fran? What do you see for the football season in general for where they're going to go with this whole Corona thing? Um, it seems like it's loosening up a little bit right now. Um, I just got a haircut today, which is fantastic. It's been way too long. Um, I'm, I'm an essential employee, so I still have to get up and go to work. Uh, barbershop in the area was setting up for appointments for essential employees. So I'm not breaking any kind of containment or stay at home orders. It's, it's actually, uh, an order of the government the governor left here in Maryland saying, Hey, yeah, go ahead and do your thing for in central place. Um, so I'm feeling fantastic, but I think the NFL, I think it's going to happen. I really do. Um, the last report I saw was that it's very, very unlikely for there to not be football NFL football this year. I think that's, it's gotta, it's gotta come back to normal at some point. Uh, we're only in May. We might see limited training camp. We might see limited, you know, I would be, amazed if OTAs happen. I don't think they're going to happen at all, but I think we'll see a limited training camp, maybe just one preseason game, and then they're going to jump right into the regular season, but I don't foresee them missing any of the regular season. I, I, I would like to say that, and then I look at all these models and say, you know what, uh, November, December looks kind of treacherous. The whole, the, the big bump in the, in the modeling, where the modeling has been whack the whole time so that's yeah. actually my concern my my feeling is we'll start the season i don't know if fans will be there or not but i don't know if we'll end the season because of the way the modeling shows a bump a reemergence of corona in november or december and that's going to be in the back of our minds pretty much all year you cannot escape from this thing and I, that brings me to the question now i know we had brian allen test positive for corona how have the 49ers dealt with the threat of it in their organization and how does there, I don't, has there been anybody you guys think have gone positive? Um, I haven't heard of any positive tests. Um, as, as of now, we're, we're, we're recording this on Cinco, Cinco de Mayo here. Um, I haven't heard anything uh, positive, uh, any, anyone testing positive. Uh, from what I understand, everyone is staying at home, doing their own training regiments. Um, they're doing a lot of virtual practices, a lot of Zoom meetings for, for coaches to get their, their hands on the rookies, so to say. and. Uh, I think that there's going to be this distancing. I think there's going to be this hands-off kind of act, this hands-off mentality. Um, I don't know if we'll have fans. I'm not going to pretend to be a scientist. I'm not. I, I never once studied virology at all. So don't <laughs> don't treat me like a scientist. Um, I just I, I can't foresee them not playing. Um, I understand what you're saying. Where you know it, the spike might come back once the weather starts to get cold again. That may be the case. We may just see a whole season without fans. And I actually, for one more thing, that'd be very cool. Because you get to hear all the players speak and all the, all the checks and, and, and coaches coming in and, and arguing with referees and everything. It's all going to be right there to be heard, just like we have with the XFL, but minus the erroneous crowd noise. All right, man. So, well, here we go. I'm going to ask you for, as of May 5th prediction, and these go all kinds of crazy. <laughs> Where do you where do where you who, where the Flyers finish this year? First, second, third, fourth, in NFC West, and in the NFC. Where, what do you say? Um, I think they finish second in the NFC West. Uh, I think they take a little bit of a step back. Uh, right now, in my head, just looking at the schedule, I haven't obviously seen when and and, and where they play. And they play multiple games on the road and the road. They have another early bye week like they did last year. Um, just looking at the teams they play. I've got them going eleven and five. I know this is so early, so early, but eleven and five. I'm finishing second. 
in the NFC West. I think it's going to be either Arizona or Seattle that one-ups them and wins the division. Um, and I, I think they can go back and compete for, for the championship of the NFC, regardless of winning division or not. I think they can't push to be NFC champions again because they do now come with the playoff experience. They have the right coach in, in place. And I, I think they can push for it. I mean, right now I've got them finishing second in the West. So who finishes last in the West then? Um, I think it's going to be either the Rams, who are, like I said, they're kind of reloading right now, um, or Arizona or Seattle. Like, it, it, any one of these teams could finish in last. And last place in the MC West could be 8-8. Eight eight. It could be 9-7. and seven. I mean, that's how loaded this, this division is. I know they're going to beat up on each other a little bit. But I, I really don't foresee anyone from the NFC West picking in the top five. Let me, let me make that very, very clear. Um, and now that there are three wildcard spots available coming this fall, I realistically think that all three NFC, NFC West teams that don't, that don't win the division are going to be pushing for one of those three wildcard spots. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, so all that in mind, can the folks know where they can find you, where they can find your show, all your work, all that jazz? Yeah, yeah. So you can find me uh, on Twitter at Matt Bar underscore two T's two R's underscore uh, fourth and gold podcast, uh, 40 hours podcast can be found Apple, Google, Stitcher, you know, wherever you find your podcast, we are there. Um, I'm always on Twitter. So drop a line if you want to yell at me for my thoughts tonight. I'm, I'm happy to banter with you. So just let me know. All right. So all that in mind, thanks so much. And we'll hopefully be talking again with the football season that's kicking off in September. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on again, man. So, Mike, tell us how you really feel about them 49ers. (laughs) I haven't really heard too much about them 49ers, really. I mean, I guess they're up north getting ready, doing their thing. But uh, I absolutely can't wait this year to see us, you know, reassume – beating down a formidable foe in the 49ers you know they'll be good to go again uh but i think this will be you know i think you know you have a little bit of that super bowl hangover which was last year you're really trying to prove everyone you're good and all these things and it's just so many things kind of happened last year from the line play being uh somewhat up and down with exchanges and people in people out you know running back situation was like hey what's going on there uh you know just a a number of things defenses you know guys coming and going in the middle of the year so i think this year again my heart of hearts feels like this is going to be a past year for everyone just because of you know this COVID 19 situation uh however if they are able to get something going in a reasonable amount of time where teams can prepare. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how we uh, do against the vaunted 49ers as they think up north. Steve, how do you feel the 49ers are going to do this year? What do you, what do you make of well, what they've done? I, 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 I agree. I, I think the Super Bowl hangover, the, the losing team in the, in the Super Bowl, I think that's a, a real thing. And, uh, I mean, it, it, it kind of has a history to it. Uh, in- including our team, so I think they're gonna they're gonna deal with that for one. I think uh, you know they traded w- one of their best defensive linemen for a first round pick, and probably their best, maybe next to Bosa, their second best defensive lineman um, for a first round pick, and picked up a, a rookie defensive lineman to replace him. So now all of a sudden you have a rookie replacing a veteran. You don't know what that scenario is going to play out like i mean i think initially you have to say that's a downgrade because you don't know what the rookie is going to bring his first year and uh they also lost emmanuel sanders who was a really good receiver for them and they again replaced him with a uh, a rookie uh, brandon Ayuk from arizona state who by all accounts is gonna be a really good football player but can you say that a rookie receiver in his first year is going to be better than what Emmanuel Sanders was last year. And I would say no to that. So I think, you know, from a personnel standpoint, I don't know that they're, they're, they're any better than they were last year. And, you know, we, we did pretty well. With them. I think 
we should have beaten them that that last game in San Francisco. Um, we had a couple of unfortunate things happen, but we were right in that game till the end. And the first game again in the Coliseum when we played them at home, we lost twenty to seven. Uh, we didn't punch it in on a fourth and one from the half yard line, and then uh, we had uh, Daryl Henderson fumble in the backfield, and so we had a couple of unfortunate things. But and we weren't and we were playing without Todd Gurley that game as well. So. I mean, I think from the Rams standpoint, we match up really well with them. And I think um, that those are two winnable games. Mm. And so I don't think uh, it's not like I'm afraid of I am not afraid or fear any team in our, our division, including the 49ers. All right, as, as for me, you know, I think teams going Super Bowl and losing as well as winning have their own pressure that comes with it. That's a team that's built to win long-term. They're going to be a problem no matter what. They did a good job reloading the roster. But as we found out this last year, you go once, it's not guaranteed you go twice, especially when you lose that game, especially when you fail on the big stage. And losing that game was a failure for them. And they got there. was that Getting there wasn't a failure, but when you lose there, you do. So with the 49ers, I have no idea what we're going to see from them. I do know we have the toughest division in the game. And I think that is going to be a huge factor. In the end, that's why this division is a toss-up. It could be Niners, Seahawks, Rams, Cardinals. It could be Cardinals, Seahawks, Niners, Rams. It could be Rams. I mean, We don't know, but the Cardinals have some issues. But they made a lot of leaps last year, and so a lot of flashes that some people didn't expect to see. I was honestly surprised that how well they played at times. Roll some dice right now. We can't make the yeah. prediction. I do. I can say that the Niners are built to win long term. We both know that. But you know what? I'm looking up and down the Rams roster right now. This team, which has been a contender, actually got younger in the offseason. And if they play their cards right, next year's free agency looks mighty pretty, even with an extension for Jalen Ramsey. Just want to point that out. So And, and Cooper Cup. Yep. Josh Reynolds, I know those contracts are coming up, but we, and there are lots of rumors about it. But they're they're going to be fine. Any closing thoughts, guys? Mike, for you? Well, I'm just uh, again, you know, very conservatively excited about what's going on. You know, I was going through a number of articles as we, you know, we do and, and just information. And, you know, there's a lot of good reasons that the Rams are, you know, sitting pretty good. You know, you do have uh, some some new blood on defense. You do have two of the best players, you know, whether it be Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey on your defense. So you could have usually just one of those guys on your defense. It's an upgrade. So we have two of the best at their perspective uh, positions on our defense. Okay. So that's good. You know, obviously, you know, we don't have uh, Mr. Gurley, but we also have two great up and coming running backs. If things transition as we all anticipate, and I'm sure the staff does, uh, we're going to be good to go there. You do have stability at the quarterback position, you know, now golf He's been through the kind of rookie years. He's been through, hey, I missed out on the Super Bowl. And now I've been through what is not so good year. And so all these things lend experience. So I'm quietly uh, excited about actually where we stand. I think we'll catch a number of teams off guard because I think they think we're on the down, uh, down stroke. But we're actually probably right where we need to be. Steve? Yeah, I, I agree. I I, uh, I love what they did in the draft. Uh, I love the way they well they had to be conservative because they didn't have any salary cap. But uh, but they were they were conservative in terms of you know being uh, in, in free agency, getting a, a guy like Ashawn Robinson to help out the defense to kind of plug up the the center position and and um, on offense. Uh, I think they're going to be I think they're going to be better than they were last year. So I, I, I like I like the addition of Cam Akers and I like the addition of, of Van Jackson. And I think they're they're two young guys that are ready to play right away. They were they were both they both played a lot of college football in, in a in in a major in major conferences. 
And I think they're they're both ready to to step in right away and play a lot of football. So I like I like what we've we've done, and uh, I think you know that the division is uh, is ours for the taking. I also like the offensive line a lot more than a lot of other people, and I guess that's a that might be a whole nother show about uh, the offensive line and the narrative with the offensive line. But I I, I really like our offensive line and the fact that we go eight deep. Um, based on the experience some guys got last year, like Evans and, and Edwards and, and, and guys like that, and uh, Nopum coming back healthy and, and Brian Allen, but then the other guys as well, Whitworth and Havenstein being healthy. So I, I like our offensive line. Uh, I know Gil Brandt said it's one of the top six in the NFL, uh, which a lot of people had an issue with. But, uh, you know, if you, if you look at it, and you you look at it in total of eight nine guys. I think our offense line is very very deep. So uh, I like what we've done on that with with that. And I think uh, I think we'll be ready to roll. Deep, but who knows about how good? That's what that's going to be the question. If this if this offensive line comes together, like the Rams clearly believe it will. If they didn't believe so, they their draft is different. If it comes to the way, the way they believe it will, then we're talking about a, a team that returns to the playoffs pretty quickly, if not this year. So we'll see. I am hoping. I'm believing the best, but we'll see. All right, guys, it's time for us to roll. So if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a review over Apple Music. You can follow us on Twitter at TalkRams. You can follow us individually. Rams are home 16. I remember correctly. Okay, that Perfect. is Steve. Perfect. Steve's one do twenty three. One do twenty three for Mike. Mike went quiet here. Went no, quiet. I just okay. And then find me at DC Paul or again yeah, anywhere podcast can be found. Until next time. We'll see that. We're out of here. We out. can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.